you know, people sometimes go on vacation together, but it's not very often somebody says, hey, what are you doing this week? Well, I'm moving in with this random family for a week. Why? Are you guys not have a place? No, I just want to see how they do family. That's not a thing in our culture. And that's unfortunate because that is a thing when it comes to discipleship. That kind of proximity is really important. If we want life on life to happen, we've got to find ways to get closer to each other. And so this needs to become a little bit more normal when you're in a discipleship season. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called Life on Life Discipleship, where we provide you with personal coaching and equipping on your journey to taking on apprentices to multiply disciples. So to learn more about this coaching intensive, visit 1kh.org discipleship. And if you're interested in learning more about a thousand houses in general and want to check out some of our other resources, head on over to 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. So we talked about in the immersion, immersion event, how to take some time and make sure that you are experiencing some of that life on life and that 24, 48 hour kind of immersion experience or event. But of course, that's not like your normal life. They're not seeing the way that you, you typically live or a normal day in the life of, of your life or a week. And so how do you do that? How do you do that in this culture? This is a really challenging question. And I, I like to think about um, how to create life-on-life life opportunities, primarily through the lens of syncing up rhythms. What people need to experience about your life are those things that, they, that repeat in your life. And then the way that relationships sort of interact around the edges of those rhythms. And so I want to talk through a couple of ways that you can give those, those you are apprenticing access to your life um, through syncing up <clears throat> rhythms. Now, this, of course, assumes, first of all, that you have somehow documented your normal weekly rhythm. And so I think it's important as a part of the process of preparing for discipleship that you outline what that looks like. What does a week in the life look like? What are some of the things in your life that repeat? Are there, are there events? And this is not just things that you would invite other people into. These are, this is everything. What are those times that you have? Is there a time you have breakfast with your wife or a time in your dinner times with just your family? All of the things that you do, is there a movie night or whatever? Things that you do that are typical uh, on a daily or weekly or a monthly basis. So try to get uh, those things documented in some form. And then you want to have a conversation with those you're discipling about uh, about syncing rhythms. And just <clears throat> the way to have that conversation is that in the, in the context, and this could be during uh, sort of that immersion event, if you have a getaway um, uh, towards the end, you could say, guys, it's really important that we find ways to be life on life. Uh, discipleship is not just about content. Um, it's also uh, really about sharing our lives with each other. Now, I want to I wanna show you guys, this is my typically weekly uh, rhythm. This is what I do every day. This is what I do every week. This, these are things that repeat. And so my question is like, what are things in my rhythm that, uh, number one, are there anything here that you can do with me? So there might be things in the rhythm, 
Some guys have done this with their, their workout, for example. They're like, okay, I work out three times a week. Um, can any of you join me during that? That's something that would really be, I think, a good place for us to just hang out and be together. Um, instead of inventing brand new rhythms that are only around what uh, the discipling relationships are there for, things like the coaching or the counseling meetings, um, what about the things that you're doing that they can't interact with? And one of the things you need to make clear to the people you're discipling is that it's really important for them to do their best, and we know that there's limits to this, to bend around your rhythm. Remember in ancient times or with Jesus, when he would disciple people, the first thing he would say is basically drop everything you're doing and follow me. Um, now, we're not asking for that because we're not Jesus and we live in a modern world in which so many people just can't do that. That might be ideal, but that is really difficult to do. And so what's the next best thing to drop everything you're doing and spend the next three years literally following, following me around um, you know, every single waking hour of my life? Um, the next best thing is to, is to really make clear what your life looks like and find strategic ways for them to interact with those elements of your life and to really challenge them to bend and to accommodate your rhythm um, and the things that you're doing. And so that's one way to do it. Find, find if there are things that they can sort of join you on that you're doing uh, uh, along the way. And so if there are errands you run or ways that you, you know, things you work on, things that they could even join in to help you with, especially if there's anything that they could help you pull off that's in that rhythm, those are really helpful because then there becomes uh, sort of a way for them to make your life easier since, you know, you, they are making your life more complicated. Um, and so it's okay, of course, that's our mission, but it's really good for them to bear some of that burden and give back um, so that they can give you, make this more sustainable for you. Uh, and so you want to allow that to happen. So that's one way to do it is just find if there are strategic areas uh, along the course of your weekly rhythm that they can, they can interact with that are just normal weekly things. The second thing you can do is uh, sort of a little bit more immersive, and that is that they can shadow you for a longer period of time. Um, and that may require there to be some way that they can um, literally, if they don't live very close or if th there is, you know, this is very inconvenient, they may need to take time off work. Um, how should they do that? And so we've done this by having families move in with us for, um, for a day, a week, a month uh, at a time. And a lot of that just depends on the nature of the discipling relationship. And next month we have a family that is going to spend, you know, one week just sort of shadowing our family. Uh, so that's something that we've done. Now, one of the reasons why I feel like this is important, and this is sort of a, you know, this is how it applies to families in particular. Uh, with singles, this is actually a lot more simple uh, because their life is not usually as complicated involving so many uh, other people. But with families, this is still uh, possible. And I think it's something you just have to decide that you value. For me, I value this so much because I know that, that for me and for so many of us, we've only ever seen one way of doing family. And so it's really good for them to see just sort of the normal stuff, everything from the logistics, like, okay, how do things stay clean around here? That's really weird. Like, like who does that? Like, how do you interact with that? To like, how do you in interact with your spouse, with your kids when they have a question, when you hear surprising news? Like, how do things like this happen? Um, so much of discipleship can, can also be not just that, the things that we can really call out and, and sort of teach you know, uh, by rote, but there are things that they need to be, that are better caught than taught. And how do they catch those things if they don't see 
you doing those things in your normal life. And this doesn't require you to be perfect. You may, they may see you do something that's not great. And you can say, whoa, like, and they can, you can then model humility and repentance and confession. Uh, so don't, don't be afraid to expose your life to somebody thinking that your life needs to be perfect and that you, they might catch something that they shouldn't catch. Uh, that's part of the process. What, we, what we're trying to do is give people the gift of a variety of things. And for many people, they've only ever seen their mom or their dad and the way they have uh, done family, the way they've done life, their brothers, their sisters, their roommates, and they've never really been exposed to other mature people that are you know, a level or two or a stage or two above them in maturity. And so uh, that's what we're trying to expose people to. And so it's really important to give people that kind of access um, and to see discipleship as important enough to allow our privacy or the inconveniences of having somebody stay with us for, for a little bit uh, be a part of that. And so um, that, that is a really uh, big part of the life-on-life life element that we're encouraging you guys to do. You're going to have to kind of think of something that, that is a little bit um, more intentional and you know, might be a little unusual uh, because you know people sometimes go on vacation together, but it's not very often somebody says, "Hey, what are you doing this week?" Well, I'm moving in with this random family for a week. Why? Do you, do you, are you guys not have a place? No, I just want to see how they do. Fam- that's not a thing in our culture, and that's unfortunate because that is a thing when it comes to discipleship. That kind of proximity is really important. If we want life on life to happen, we've got to find ways to get closer to each other, and so this needs to become a little bit more normal when you're in a discipleship season, to see and to think of ways where we can get more, uh, cl- more proximity, closer to each other, um, really to see more of what's going on. And even having some of those evening times, if, you, if they are staying for two or three days at your house, maybe even with their kids. And this is part of what I want to do is see how they interact with their kids, their spouse. Again, a big part of discipleship is for me just to see their normal life and say, hey, talk to me about that. What's going on there? Um, you know, can, can we... Can we uh, figure out if there's something that you know, might be able to learn? Hear some thoughts, you know, and I want to. I want um, my wife to see them, and she's an incredible discerner, and so she's going to notice things I don't notice, and so those can be really, really fruitful seasons. But you do have to intentionally talk about why this is important, and so syncing rhythms, um, syncing up for a whole week of rhythms. Uh, these are things that you want to think through. Is this possible? And so, I want you guys to prepare for this element of discipleship. And the basic things you need to do is, number one, you have to have your rhythm in in some kind of document or some kind of spreadsheet or some kind of calendar where somebody could look at it and figure out where those overlapping elements might be. Number two, you need to think through how is somebody going to get sort of that more shadow kind of experience. You know, when we shadow people uh, in the workplace, is there a way for them to have that experience either at your work or in your house or certain elements of your week so they can have that level level of exposure. And talk about that as just one of the basic elements of the process of discipleship during this season uh, for each of the people that you're discipling. And so think through those two things. Do you have your rhythm documented? Do you have um, uh, some way for them to shadow you? Um, This doesn't necessarily mean they have to stay the night. They can. I think that's oftentimes the best, but it could just be them showing up at 7 a.m. in the morning and just hanging out with you until, you know, 9 p.m. Again, that would be so valuable. You do not have to talk to them that whole time. You hardly have to talk to them at all. You can just be present and having them watch 
and, uh, and be thinking about what you're doing, uh, but you want to give them some kind of access to you during that time. So are, is your rhythm in such a way that that can be done? Are you prepared for that? What are the, the things that might challenge your ability to give them that kind of life-on-life -life experience? Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a deep desire to actually make disciples in your context, but you simply don't know how, we'd love to invite you to apply for our coaching intensive called Life on Life Discipleship, where you're going to work through online content and receive personal coaching on this journey to making disciples that multiply. So for more information and to apply for this coaching, head over to 1kh.org slash discipleship. We'll see you for the next episode.